0: (laughs) What?
1: Welcome to the Celtics Rewind, I'm JP, and I am Nat the GM, what's up y'all? Hey hey y'all, this is episode 12 of the Celtics Rewind, talking all things Boston Celtics. We are still the only NBA team that has single digit losses, and we're still undefeated at home too as well. So I'm yours truly, JP the Franchise, got my co-host Nat the GM with me.
0: Nat, what's up, how you doing? i'm feeling good feeling great and we are still the best in the nba
1: oh yeah for sure you're still going to um you're going to redeem yourself for your bucks take would you want to take the bucks take back after last week or
0: absolutely not i will never take it back. you have to score 140 points to beat the average nba team i am not going anything back <laughs> we are going to beat them
1: Hey, make sure we, we'll give Giannis the ball when he scores 100 points so that he doesn't go out and look for it. So, but, um, uh, <laughs> yeah. but we got a very special guest. And when I tell you, it's an honor just to have him on the show. Uh, we have Mr. Aubrey Jones with us. Aubrey is the son of NBA legend, Hall of Famer, former Boston Celtic, Sam Jones. Uh, I believe he was a 10 time champion, if I'm not mistaken, 10 time champion or. And, just um, 10 rings. A, just th- 10. <laughs> hey, that's still a lot of rings, my Phil. So, yeah, even Michael Jordan can't get 10 rings, though. But legend, mid- one of the greatest players of all time, Mr. Jones. How you doing today? Thank you so much for coming on to Celtics. Rewind.
2: Not a problem. I'd love to talk anything, anything, all things about the Celtics. As much as I don't get a chance to watch them on a daily basis because they're not on TV all the time, uh, I do get a chance to listen to the games on the radio. And also get a chance to see them whenever they're on national TV.
1: Amen to that. You know, we love our Celtics here. So uh, last week they came out with a 2-2 two and two record. Um, the first game that they had was against the Indianapolis Pacers, which they beat previously too as well. And um, this game was a little bit different, though. No, wasted a 40-point performance by Jalen Brown. But, like, you know, they ended up, you know, coming back, though, after Tommy's home button, uh, went down with an injury and then just out of nowhere just a lot of Pacers, which are shooting the lights out like ben mcmatherin and bloody healed but uh Celtics kind of uh fought their way back and stuff and then they went into overtime and it still wasn't enough as they were defeated by the Pacers, 133 to 131 uh mr jones i want to start off with you what's your takeaways and thoughts about the boston celtics loss against the indiana Pacers?
2: you know i listened to that game on the radio and uh when Halliburton went down, I, I, I basically gave the Celtics to win at that point in the second quarter. I didn't think Indianapolis had enough, Indiana had enough to uh, to come back. But the Celtics decided they didn't want to play any defense in the third quarter. And it was unbelievable. They, I think they allowed 44 points in the third quarter. And that's a, 44 points is like a half. You know, my father was playing and, and Coach Arback was coaching and a team scored 44 and a half. There'd be some hell to pay. Mm-hmm. So forty-four in the third quarter alone it's, its not that Indiana has that great of players that that are, are making all the shots. We just didn't play any defense. And I had Tatum Tatum on that game. I think he sat out. Was that the game he sat out? I, I think it was. Age. He didn't. Correct. He didn't play in that game. But still, there's no excuse. there's no excuse for letting Indiana score forty-four points in the third quarter. That that killed us.
1: Yeah, that's no excuse at all. I'm still kind of little. I'm still recovering, you know, from therapy after you know, the next day when they scored 44 points and the therapist was like, you okay? I said, no, I'm not. They scored 44 points in the third quarter. I can't get that through my head. That image is in my head and Buddy Hill just, ah, you know what? Anyways, moving on with that. Nat, what is your take? What's your thoughts about this loss to the Pacers, though? Because I did say that they was going to come out with a uh, – one and one record. Like, they'll win one game against the Pacers, and the Pacers going to win the next game. But I didn't expect it like this. So what's your takeaways and thoughts about it?
0: Um, my takeaway is, you know, I, I think of this as the long game, and they can't win them all. You know, they weren't going to go 82-0, and and I think these are the games, unfortunately, that you kind of got to look at and just be like, ah. You know, they lost. My problem was when Tatum doesn't play, they struggle mightily defensive Tatum it means so much to this team defensively that it hurts when he doesn't play you know uh Brown does have to go for 40 but maybe had Tatum been there maybe it's maybe you know 10 to 15 less points but everybody's locking in defensively so we don't have to go that extra mile um it when they lost, you know, you have to look at that third quarter. I don't know what it is. It's like it's a curse with them in the, in the third quarter with other teams. But 44 points is ridiculous. That's literally two quarters in one, you know, for, for a lot of games, you know. So what, I'm, what I just looked at, you know, with that game is, you know, defensively, big issue. I have another issue with them and their free throws. It seems that they miss a lot of free throws uh, this year in general. Um, with with games, so um, that's kind of what I what I took away from it. But you know, no Tatum, and we just kind of struggled defensively, unfortunately.
1: Facts right there. And uh, the rebound and battle was a little bit more closer than it was the previous game against them. Well, the Celtics were out-rebounding mm-hmm. them by a lot. But then this game, unfortunately, they still won the rebound, battle, but it was only by three rebounds, unfortunately, though. So it was a different dynamic mm-hmm. of a game. And I guess they thought it was going to be kind of easy. Like you said, Mr. Jones, with how and going down, they thought they'd probably going to beat the pace was pretty good and then pacers just came out and shot lights up they're one of those teams that you know sometimes you just don't really expect them to shoot lights up but they do so uh great victory for the indianapolis pacers uh indiana pacers i mean i keep saying indiana pacers so 133 to 131 the final score but we're moving on to the game that everybody was excited for revenge game, you know, like that sweet chocolate cake that you eat right there. That's just Mwah! right there with uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves. And when I tell you that was a hell of a game, it was a hell of a game. You know, it went the overtime yet again, but Boston doesn't win. It's not good when it comes to overtime, but they pulled it off like right that one twenty-seven to one twenty. Jason Tatum with that clutch three, me mugging the camera and everything. Uh, Mr. Jones, what do you take away from this victory over Minnesota and Boston getting over the hump?
2: Again, Minnesota. Minnesota had beaten the Celtics earlier in this season, so it's not like they're again a horrible team. They're a good young team. Uh, it seems like all. It seems like this. There's a ton of good young teams with players that I go, where did they play college? Or, where did they play college? I, I've never seen these guys play, and all of a sudden they're coming out and they're hitting 30 against the Celtics. But, beat again, beating Minnesota at home is something you're supposed to do. You're supposed to do that. And sometimes the Celtics come out and, have, and lay an egg in some of those games. This year at home, they haven't laid any eggs. I mean, they just recently um, – I don't know if you know, but they – my father's team was the last team that had gone 17 and 0 in their first 17 games at home. And now the Celtics surpass them. So as my father used to always say, our records are made to be broken. And granted, it took 60 years for them to break that record of 17 consecutive opening game, you know, wins from the opening of the season. But the Celtic team's a good team. The Celtic team is a good team. And you gotta beat the teams like Minnesota in your own place got it. You just got to do it. And again, when Tatum's on fire like that, it's tough tough to to lose those games.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. And I just love the meme of for Jason Tatum. I just really loved it so much. And then Minnesota being the number one seed in the West. So that felt good to beat the number one team over there in the West. Uh, Nat, uh, same to you. What's your takeaways and thoughts of Boston's Mm -hmm. victory over the Timberwolves?
0: That was a great win. It was probably one of my favorite wins of the season versus such a, a good team. Minnesota has been phenomenal all year. It's a big turnaround from last year to this year or from two years ago to this year. It's a completely different team. Um, they're finally learning how to play together and they just needed an extra year with Gobert to really you know, put it all together. So this is not a slouch uh, of a team. They are probably number one defensively or they are top three defensively. I don't know how the metrics are right now. Um, But, you know, the ebb and flow. But they are up there because they are so damn good. Um, When it comes to this game, Jason Tatum, I believe, had five points in the first quarter. And then he just goes on a run after that. And it was good versus this team. These guys have long memories. Now, in that first game versus Minnesota... Anthony Edwards got the better of Jason Tatum. And Jason Tatum remembers that. You know, also in that game, Jalen Brown had defensive lapses. <laughs> and we remember, the, I think one of the biggest reasons they lost that game was we kept leaving. um What is the young man's name? McDaniels open in the corner.
1: Tatum McDaniels. Mm-hmm.
0: Kept leaving him open. And he, he had about 20-something points, I believe. And that's really what killed it. You know, you're, you're over helping, you're overthinking, you know, it was just doing too much and, and not enough at the same time. This game, it was a difference. It was a completely different uh, ball game because now Tatum has 45 points. He's going at Anthony Edwards. Uh, they're making him stumble defensively. You know, um, it was just a completely different effort. Um, McDaniels had five points this time. He was not, a, you know, a big issue this time around. So these guys remember that, you know, um, Carl Anthony Towns, who I am a fan of. I really do like Carl Anthony Towns. I think he is very talented um and very underrated now uh, with how he's evaluated in this league. Um, but he had twenty five, thirteen, and six with two steals. That's a pretty, you know, good stat uh, line for a big man. And then Anthony Edwards had twenty nine, six, and three. And then you have Reed off the bench with nineteen, ten, and three. Um, he's a really good player off the bench. So this game was just who wants it more and is Boston you know, going to keep their, you know, their foot on the pedal. Like, who wants to win this game, you know? And Tatum said, follow me. I got it. And then Brown, you know, he, he had 35 points, you know, and guys just kind of did, you know, their job. And that's one thing that I really like about this team this year is they are more settled. They're not as frazzled as they used, used to be. And they take time and realize we have a lot of time on, on that clock. Let's make the right play. So it was a great win.
1: Yes, it was. It was a great win, Um, you know, for the Boston Celtics and the fans too as well, um, beating Minnesota. So that felt really good. Yeah, and uh, also, Rozingas didn't play as well that game. Um, But unfortunately, he did have to play the next game. And I'll tell you what, um, we were just not prepared for that next game. Uh, The very next night, I mean... You know, uh TNT, you know, you know, we want to at least have a good game on TNT, but that 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 didn't really went well. You know, that first quarter didn't really went well. I had to call my therapist a couple of times just to make sure that I was okay. And yeah, it was just not good. It was just not good at all. Yeah. So <laughs> the Bucks came out with a vengeance because that loss to Utah. Really hurt us soul, and they decided to take it out on the Boston Celtics, who beat them pretty badly <laughs> first time around. So, yeah, one thirty-five to one hundred two at the Bucks. Um, Mr. Jones. Um, yeah, we must not prepare for this game, unfortunately. What did you see? What type of lapses, or was they tired from a back-to-back game? What should takeaways and thoughts about this game?
2: Oh, it's definitely the back to back. uh, You know, going from Boston to Milwaukee and playing the next night, it's almost like they shouldn't have got off the plane because, I mean, they were, again, another game where they gave up 40 in a quarter. And again, giving up 40 in a quarter takes a lot of effort or or lack of effort when you give it up 40 in a quarter. And the Celtics are down big. I mean, scoring only 15 points in the second quarter. Again, they should have stayed on the plane. They should have just called it in and stayed on the plane. Milwaukee's tough. Milwaukee is to me still the toughest team in the league to play against. I mean, with uh, Anticupo and and Middleton's the guy. When Middleton plays well, we got no shot. And he he didn't even it wasn't even in his game the the day the other day. Portis played well. I mean, going on a twenty-five to nothing run again. Those are things that just don't happen Mm -hmm. in a normal NBA game. But twenty-five nothing. It's like, nope, no, it's not going to be our night. Not going to be mm-hmm. our night. That's kind of like what the Cowboys said the other night. Playing football, it's just not going to be our night. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't think the Cowboy were was going to be awesome. Also- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, many- <laughs> <laughs> I don't we would I hope you don't have too many cowboy fans.
1: I had to call my cousin earlier today. I was like, "You okay from that uh, loss <laughs> yesterday?" He said, I'm fine. It's just them eagles I have to worry about. Ain't tonight. okay.
2: Ain't okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right? that, that last one it was embarrassing. That was embarrassing.
1: Yeah, it was it it was terrible just to watch, right there. Nah, uh, Nat. Um, same question to you. I know you've been going off on the Bucks and stuff, and you still ain't going to give away you. You still not going to redeem your takes and stuff, which is totally fine with me and all that. Um, what's your thoughts about this game? And then um, I do have a follow up question for both of you. all So, what's your thoughts about this game?
0: You know me, JP. I don't take away anything I say. Um I don't think they cared, honestly, about this game. I don't. I just don't see it. I just it looked like they were like, Yeah, we gotta go to Milwaukee. And Milwaukee was on was basically like, We really have to win this game. We need this game because we are sick of losing to the Boston Celtics, we have to win. So they came out with a vengeance. They came out with a game plan. They came out with they needed this win. They they need a they needed that boost. You know, and Boston has pretty much beaten every type of team in the league so far. Every type in every type of way. They have won close games. They have won blowouts. They have beaten the top three teams on both sides. You know, they've beaten every kind of team. They honestly don't necessarily have anything to prove to other people. It's, it's about themselves at this point. You know, um, are, are we going to buckle down and actually get this done now? So kudos to Milwaukee. They, I think that they really need to win. Um, it doesn't make me feel any differently about Milwaukee. Um, defensively, I think that they still can't, uh, you know, guard a car. So you know, with that being said, I can't wait to to play them in the playoffs.
1: <laughs> I like that. Can't park a park car. That's good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the highest uh score of that game is uh Peyton Pritchard with 21 points, I believe. And that's the first time the Bucks beat the Celtics since 2022. Um question for both of y'all regarding this game. Was that a good decision for Joe Missoula to bench the startles in that third quarter and let the bench players play the rest of the game? Was that a good idea or was it a bad idea? Because it was like a little controversy from inside the NBA. You know, Barkley believed that he made they made the right decision to bench the startles. Shaq and Kenny was like, no, if you get your butt whooped like that, you better get back into that game and play. So what y'all think about that decision by Joe Missoula by uh, benching the startles?
2: Personally, for me, I have no problem with Coach's decision to sit the starters down. Uh, again, we were getting blown out. I don't think they, I don't think even if they stayed in the game, okay, instead of losing, you know, by thirty something, we're, we're going to lose by sixteen. Uh, I I like giving the other guys some time to play. The Celtic team will not win this championship unless they handle the load management. Whether it's Al Horford and his old, you know, being being old. I mean, Al's an old player in the NBA and He's very important to the Celtics, but they got to make sure at the end of the season he's not running on on fumes. So whether it's Tatum who sits a game or two, or or uh, Porzingis who I think is maybe the most important player on this team, because I didn't realize I knew he was always a great offensive player and shooter, but I didn't realize how many block shots he gets just by being seven two and being a rim protector. He's, he's kind of like Robert Williams, yeah. except he can shoot from three point land. And Robert, you hope never even thought about shooting from the three point line. So, uh, this team definitely needs to, to, to handle the load management, uh, any way they can. And this was a good example of them resting those guys, the rest of the game, because it was a game that was just out of control. I thought
0: it was a, it was a great decision, honestly. Um, what again what do you have to prove why why do they have to stay in this game and try to get back in it they don't have anything to prove to the Milwaukee Bucks they've beaten them already in this year actually so why would you risk Al Al Horford number one I think he was 38 or 39 years old right now in basketball years we know that that's up there you know so why run him to in in the ground making him chase off you know, Giannis, you know, try, trying to hold up Giannis when you have to see Giannis in another four months. Why? What, what what point is that? And you also have to play the next game. You know, Jason Tatum, you just had 45 points tonight before, but I don't want you to go kill yourself, you know, and, and try to get another 40, you know, because we, we need to do it. Sometimes, you know, you may not like it, but it's still a good decision. It doesn't mean they're running from anything. It doesn't mean that, you know, they, they feel like they can't beat someone. It doesn't mean that they are not competitors. We know that these guys are competitors. But you have to think, is this worth it? And should I do this to my guys? And I think that Joe was spot on in sitting everybody down. The other side to that is the bench. The bench, there's guys that don't get a chance to play, you know, as much as, as you would like, excuse me, as they would like. Why not give CV? A, a chance to to play because he shoots threes uh and he's very efficient from three-point land he doesn't get to play it a lot you know uh printer you know whether you know you go back and forth with you know with the trade deadline what's going to happen but if this is your team why not give those guys ample opportunity to show that they can compete and they deserve some minutes this was a great decision and i have no issue with what joe did
1: I agree with you 100% too as well. Great points by both of you. Speaking of coaching – our good old friend uh Emery Adoka came back into the Boston Garden, um T D Garden, uh this past Saturday with his new team, the Houston Rockets. I was waiting for a tribute video, but that didn't really happen, unfortunately. So <laughs> but anyway <laughs> So <laughs> the Celtics the Celtics defeated the Rockets uh in a pretty bad fashion, uh, one hundred forty five to one thirteen. I guess, like, you know, they needed a little bit of some rest, and then probably was a little mad about the way they uh, got defeated by the Bucs, so they had to take it out on the Meridoka and the mm-hmm. Houston Rockets and all that. Shout out to Apple Sangoon. I think he's going to be an all-star. i uh, reserve this year. I hope he is because he's having a fabulous season. Uh, Mr. Jones, I'll start with you. What should takeaways and thoughts of Boston's victory versus the Houston Rockets and was still undefeated at home?
2: Yeah, I've seen some of the Houston highlights, and, and there are not many. There are not many. Houston, uh, Coach Adoka has a a tough, a tough e- year at hand, with again a young team that's to learn how to play. They're not ready for prime time yet. Uh, I love Eme. I thought I thought he was a great coach for the Celtics. Uh, sorry, he had to go through the stuff he did, but it was his own fault. So uh, no no blame except for his own. Uh, I don't like abusing. The Rockets, like we did uh, last Saturday, but some teams got to pay the brunt when you when you get beat up by the Bucks that you know a couple days before. So Houston just happened to be the the next person on the table. So. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you know, he, it, it, it's, it's always like that saying goes, Houston, we have a problem right there. So, uh, <laughs> Nat, what should they complain to us with uh, Houston's, uh, with Houston losing uh, dominantly by the Boston Celtics? Uh,
0: I'm going to agree with Mr. Jones here. Uh, it, it, they're just not ready, you know, uh, to play against a team like Boston. You know, they're not necessarily ready for prime time, and that's but that's okay. They're... They're young. They have a bunch of guys in their you know first, second, and third year. They're trying to figure it out. You have a first. Um, you have your new head coach since his first season, and this is his first forty games with the Houston Rockets. What did you expect? You know, um, this team um, has a lot of uh, guys that I think that in a few years they're going to be very good players. Sangoon is number one on on my list on that team. That's going to be very good. Um, you know, and, and you. You play against a Boston Celtics team who just got beat, get a little rest, and now it's like, all right, who, who's going to get it today? And it just happened to be the Houston Rockets. So um, it's nothing no, – it's not a fault to the Houston Rockets or, you know, anything like that, but they'll get it, just not this year. They just ran into the wrong team.
1: Yeah, that's facts right there. Shout out to Cam Whitmire too as well. He had twenty something points, so he had a really good game against the Boston Celtics, though. But it still wasn't enough to beat Boston. Still have the best record in the lead. The only NBA team with single digit losses. Still undefeated at home. Shout out to Boston and the two two record last week. So now we're going to get into the next set of games too as well, and getting your predictions and what game you're looking forward to. So they have the Toronto Raptors tonight on MLK Day. Uh, after Raptors, then they have the San Antonio Spurs uh, going back to Boston. Then this is the game I'm actually looking forward for here is the Denver Nuggets versus the Boston Celtics this Friday. And then they have the Houston Rockets uh, this Sunday, I believe, at Houston. Uh, Mr. Jones, what game are you looking forward to? What's your predictions? How are they going to do well in these next Thursday games too? Well,
2: Friday night's game against Denver – is a must-see TV type of thing. that I believe it's here on ESPN here, so it is one of the games that we get to watch on a Friday night. I'm not going out on any dates on Friday. I'm going to sit right in front of my TV, my big screen, and watch this game. That Denver Nuggets team is awesome. I mean, not only the, the NBA champs. I saw them play the Celtics a couple of years ago. I just happened to be in Denver for Thanksgiving weekend, and the Celtics were in town. And I don't see the Celtics play in other arenas often, except for the one here in D.C. when they come down to play the Wizards. But I saw them play at Denver. I was impressed with that with Denver's team three years ago, and they continue to get better every year. Uh, this has the potential to be the first loss for the Celtics at home this year. I'm hoping it won't. I could I could see the Celtics literally going. You know, 40, 40 and zero at the bus at the TD Garden this year. That's if everybody plays, and and the big thing is Will Tatum and Porzingis and Brady Brown all play that game, because it seems like when they play all three of them in that lineup at the same time, their winning percentage is even higher than the seven hundred and fifty percent winning percentage they have right now. So that Denver that Denver game is gonna be fun fun I hope, I hope we go and kick their butts personally but I expect a tough game
1: it's gonna be a really good game Wyatt I can't wait for it uh, Nat same question to you uh, your game that you're looking forward to obviously I know the answer but uh, your prediction of how Boston's is gonna do in the next sort of games
0: um I'm looking forward to there's only one game and that is the Denver Nuggets <laughs> um and, you know, the other teams, they're young. You know, it. it's going to be what it's going to be. It proves nothing. But this particular uh, game versus the Denver Nuggets, they're both 40 games in. So now we, you know, you are a creature of habit. So now we have habits on both sides. Now teams have developed how they're going to play for the rest of the season. And therefore, Boston has built great habits. But the one team that you have to show how you stack up against is the Denver Nuggets because they are very similar in a lot of ways in how they play, but we have to see how Boston is going to defend, you know, Jamal Murray. You know, how are you going to defend uh, Jokic, you know, uh, as, as phenomenal as Jokic is? How are you going to do that? You know, um, what is what is your paint presence going to be like? How is Porzingis going to play against Jokic? <laughs> You know, how's Al Horford going to play, you know, in that game? What is your your strategy? What is your game plan, Joe? You know, this is what we're looking, you know, looking for. How does Tatum uh, play with uh, Michael Porter Jr. uh, guarding him? How does, you know, uh, Brown play, you know, with KCP guarding him? These are the questions that I think that everyone really wants to know because I think both of them remind each other of you know of the other team so this is the game that you can potentially look at like oh this could be a finals matchup and it could be so i think boston better take this seriously and bring their a game because if you beat this team and you build some confidence i there's not a team left in the league that i don't think they can beat
1: that is a that is a possible nba finals matchup i said the same thing last year but yeah, they didn't went well last year, unfortunately, though. But um, you know, the starting five for Boston versus the starting five for Denver, I cannot wait for that game this Friday. Um, so it's gonna be great, you know, and hopefully uh Boston comes uh down with the 4 0 record. Like I said, I can see the loss against the Nuggets here. Um but you know, it's it's gonna be good. It's gonna be tough. Like I said, this uh this schedule uh this month is really tough for Boston, but they're doing really well so far, so can't wait to see um what they do these next stretch of games. Mr. Jones, we really appreciate you coming on the Celtics. We want like it's just an honor and just thank you so much. Uh, My question, my last question, uh, you have like any really good, funny stories that your dad told you um, with his days uh, with his days playing for the Celtics. Uh, any Bill Russell stories that he told you about?
2: Well, again, I knew I knew all these players. <laughs> every one of the players that you've you mentioned. Um, I think my biggest uh, thing from being the son of a Celtic is Red Arback, the coach, even when he was coaching Boston, he always lived down here in Washington, D.C. Uh, I'm wearing my GW uh, athletics shirt. Coach Arback went to George Washington University. I worked there for 32 years. And during my time working there, Coach would come into the building a lot of times. He came to almost all of our home games, you know, in the last twenty years of his life because it's a mater. And um, he would come in and he would play racquetball with me. And, a, and a, whether it was a vice president of the university or a president of the university, athletic director, we we play racquetball three times a week. So Coach Arback was such a competitor, even in his seventies. I mean, he'd be running around the court. Nowadays, it would pick a pickleball. But back then it was racquetball. But the relationship that I had with Coach Arbach over the over the, his last 20 years was almost like he was my grandfather. And and this is somebody that I met the first time when I was like two years old going into the Boston Garden, and he was my dad's coach. So I'm really thankful to have had Coach Arbach as not only a mentor and a friend, but an opponent. You know, and I got to kick his butt every now and then, racquetball. But you know what? I helped to keep him in shape, and we had a great relationship until the day he passed away. Um, so again, I'm I'm a Celtic for life. If you can see my my father's jerseys right over my shoulder, uh, right on the top of my head is a picture of me and Coach armack after one of our racquetball matches. So, as far as the Celtics go, we're a family, and it really I mean, if you're a part of that family. As I have been for over sixty years. Um it's a family I don't want to get out of. There's no divorce ever coming from this family. Uh this these these are my guys and uh I, I bleed Celtic Green. So it's been a pleasure to be on your show talking about the Celtics. Listen to you guys talk. I listened I listened listen to a couple of your shows before coming on today and I said, Man, these guys are crazy about the Celtics. They like they they do like the Celtics. So uh <laughs> I, I love these podcasts that that come on and just talk to the the average ordinary guy. And again, I, I told you earlier. I just wish I was half as good as my dad. If I was half as good, I would have made a whole lot of money, a whole lot of money. So, uh, uh, but I'm happy to be the son of Sam Jones. So,
1: <laughs> man, that's that's an that's a amazing story. Once again, okay. we Willie appreciate you coming on like it's just an honor just an honor for me just being a Celtic fan all my life and just respecting the history and tradition and the players that played for the Celtics and just wearing that uniform it's just an honor so just thank you so much and this is episode 12 of the Celtics Rewind Uh, thank you so much for tuning in Celtic fans and uh, we'll be back on next week I'm JP the franchise. She's not the GM. That's Aubrey Jones, Mr. Jones, and we'll see y'all later. Peace, y'all. Later